All right, so we are wrapping up our series from debt to surplus, and we know this, God wants to get us out of debt and debt out of us, so we took time to talk about it, but once you, you are moving out of that and into, uh, into financial freedom, God doesn't want to just leave you there where you make it week to week, but the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, He makes one rich, the Bible says, and He adds no sorrow to it. In fact, He takes us from debt, not just to breaking even, But the scripture over and over talks about the surplus of the Lord, that he wants us to overflow and to abound. And today we'll wrap this up. If you would would like, you could take uh, time to download the last three messages from iTunes because we take even more time to just identify the scriptures that that talk about God's heart and his desire for finances and, and the provision in our life and some of the warnings associated with it as well. Because it's not just about what we can attain or achieve or or we can have. That's not why God wants to bless us. He wants to establish something in our lives because he's doing a work in this earth. Isn't that right? And so uh, you have the opportunity to be part of it. Even like we see what's happening in Cambodia there. Well, that's with the provision of the Lord. So many of God's people... Uh, giving towards it, not just us, but you know, around the world, people are supporting that particular ministry and ministries like it. It makes a difference. And so the Lord wants us to have overflow in our life so we can do things like that. Did you know that? Is, so of course you can enjoy, you can save for the future, retirement, take trips. The ble- that's a blessing of the Lord. That's a, that's a great life. But man, there is no investment that we can make that will last for eternity uh, like investing in the kingdom of God, the souls of people. And, and that requires overflow in our life to be able to do it consistently and to do it well and to go over and and above. And so over the past few weeks, we talked about some of the keys to this. First week, we talked about honoring God. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says to honor the Lord with all your possessions and the first fruit of all your increase. Then he'll, he'll cause overflow. He'll cause an abundance in your barns. He'll cause your vats to overflow with new wine. It's the heart of the Lord, but we have to honor him or to weigh heavily, to, to emphasize greatly uh, the things of the Lord when it comes to our possessions and our increase. And then the last two weeks, we talked about speaking to uh, the mountain and praying God's word. And even last week at the end, as we laid out scripture, what does God's word say about provision for our lives? We then put it to a a personalized declaration. And I sent that out to you via email. If that's uh, something that you forgot to look at, you can still uh, check your email. It's there. It's probably on Facebook too. Is it posted there? Just emails. Emails. So just look at your email because you guys all check all your emails. I I know that. I'm sure of it. And you read them word for word. Um, Because we spend so much time crafting those emails to really minister life to you. So we've got to bring our words into alignment with God's word and pray God's word. We speak to the mountain of debt and we call it to be gone, right? We speak to the increase. We speak to the increase and we believe God for it and we come into agreement and we we call on God's provision in our lives. So I want to wrap this up with these next few points here. Uh, So first one is honor God. Second one is speak uh, and pray God's word. Third one is where we're jumping on today. Pursue your calling. You've got to pursue your calling. 
Don't chase after money. Everybody has a calling. Sometimes we look at what's going to bring the most provision in our life. And if you spend your, your time, your energy, your effort going after that, you might find that you get that job, you get that, that income, but you hate it because you're just not, it's not a good fit for you. Sometimes you're trying to do something just because it makes the money. But long term, it's going to eat away at you and you're going to lose time because eventually you're going to realize this is not the fit for me and you're going to have to redirect. But now you've spent years uh, developing yourself in that career and you realize, no, this isn't the right direction. So you start over in so many ways. That's why it's important if you want to move from debt to surplus and you want to experience the overflow of God, work on your calling. Pursue your calling, not just what the next big thing is or, you know, this industry that's really going to grow in the future. There's a lot of promise there. If that doesn't fit within the call of God on your life, you're not going to flourish there. God is committed to providing for you when you walk in his will. But if you go after things just because of what it can do for you and you forget about how God has uniquely shaped you, you can find out that God's not committed to providing for you over there even. And so if that well dries up, what do you do? That's why you need to be within your calling. Sometimes your calling takes time to develop those skills and the gifts and the abilities and it doesn't get you uh, as far as fast as some you know, new thing, some, some get rich quick thing. But I'll tell you what, that's a problem with our flesh. We always want it right now. But when you start to develop and you pursue the Lord and you understand, God, what are you calling me to do? And by the way, this isn't just for someone starting out because I look out there and I see some people that, that you've been established in your career, maybe even retired. But yet, what is God calling you to do at this season and the next season of your life? You've got to pursue the Lord for that because it's not over yet. He's not through with you. And even if you've spent time in an area where you think, I don't know if I had any significant impact for eternity or the kingdom of God or if I made a difference there, well, what are you going to do with this next season of your life? So you pursue the Lord there. Proverbs 28, 19 says, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. You have to find out what is your land. Don't go chasing after somebody else's land. Just because somebody is successful over here and doing well, that doesn't mean that's your land. The scripture is telling us something here. God has a land for you. He has, he has a plot for you to plow, to work, to cultivate. And so the one who cultivates or plows his land, tills his land, he'll have plenty of bread. What is your land? That's something that we've got to bring before the Lord. And even some of you know, maybe even right now, you, you, you would write down on your notes, this is my land. This is my calling. This is, this is, even if it is for this next season of your life, this is what God is telling me to put my hand to. You've got to have confidence in that. And, and, and something to add to that uh, for married couples, there's his, hers, and ours when it comes to land. His land, her land, our land. For example, I have unique giftings and abilities. I have something that God has called me to focus on. I've got to focus on that. My wife has unique callings, giftings, and abilities. I've got to allow her to focus on that too. We have to support each other to focus on 
our land. When God brings you together, he makes you one, but he doesn't make you the same. And so you still have something that God has called you to be doing, even though you're together. That is yours. He put it in your hand. This is important, I think, for husbands to allow wives to do. Because so often, we, we, we kind of think, you come along with me, and you do my thing now. Well, you know what? Most of the time, the wife is happy to come along and support you to do your thing. But she still has a thing. <laughs> she still has something that God's given her. Support that. Read Proverbs 31, and you see about this, this, this godly woman who, who's providing, and she's putting her hands to things. She's buying land. She's selling. She has employees working for her. She's doing great things. Allow that to happen. And, and, and it goes both ways, of course. Support each other to, to, uh, as they plow the land that God's given them, as they fulfill the calling. And, and it's okay that those are different, but know that we have our land together too. We have the thing that we're working on as well. And so I'm going to do mine, you do yours, and let's do ours. And that can be true even with, with if you're not married, you focus on your call Someone else focuses on theirs. It's okay to help them out, but understand, I'm helping you with your call. I'm helping you in, in, in your focus, your vision, your dream. I want to support that, and that's a good thing. In fact, if you can, if you can come and help other people to, uh, to be successful, guess what's going to happen? Others will come and help you to be successful as well. But know that God has given you something that he will enable you to be successful in. But make sure you go after what God is giving you. That's good right there. The next thing is, oh, let me, let me read that from the God's Word version because I like it. It says, whoever works his land will have plenty to eat. Whoever chases unrealistic dreams will have plenty of nothing. How many of you guys want plenty of nothing? I don't want plenty of nothing. I want a little bit of something because that's better than all of nothing, right? And, and so some people have unrealistic dreams. And they're holding out for things that are just, they, you, they really may not happen because it, they saw it on TV. They read it in a magazine. They, they, they purchased the course online. And, uh, and it's unrealistic. It's not fitting within their calling. And I don't mean to dash people's dreams or whatever because I, I don't uh, think that's, how, that's helpful either. But unrealistic dreams uh, lead to plenty of nothing. And so be realistic about what God's called you. I don't mean like aim low because chances are you'll hit it. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, be realistic. What has God called you to do? I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I would be a phenomenal singer if I had a great voice. <laughs> but if I think I'm going to be a phenomenal singer, it's unrealistic because I don't have a great voice, right? We just have to be realistic. All right, number four, track and manage your money. Track and manage your your money. Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. So often when the, the starting place, when someone is trying to become a good steward of their money, the very first thing you do is, well, tell me what you spend your money on. And when you get a, a, a long pause of, uh, and someone can't tell you where every dollar or most every dollar is going, you realize they're not tracking it well. They're not managing it well. And they don't know where every dollar went. So they don't, when you don't know where your money goes, you don't know how you got into this situation. And if overflow comes, you wouldn't even know it. You don't even know it if overflow comes. 
You don't know if, the, if, if the, the, the funds that come your way, is that seed or is that bread? Because you don't eat your seed and you don't plant your bread. You've got to know the difference. You don't, you don't know, should I, should I be giving this? Should I be paying debt with this? Should I be saving it? Should I be using this for expenses? Because I just don't track it. And so in this day and age, it is so easy to track our money with, first of all, uh, so, much of our, uh, so much of the exchange of money happens electronically. So we have that record and paper trail there. But there's so many different programs available to help you budget and track your expenses and do it on the spot. I mean, you could do it like I, I budget on Excel. I give every dollar an assignment before it's coming in. And I do it, it's very simple for me. I, I like spreadsheets. I like looking at numbers. I like tracking things. And I just think it's fun. And uh, I, I do it when, in different areas. I just love seeing you know, numbers up or down if I adjust this. And I do that. I, I like that. But, but some people think, I couldn't create that on Excel. There's other programs like mint.com. It's free. And it's like, it's pretty robust and there's all kinds of support for it. And they do so much of the work for you. You just have to put in your numbers there. And then it does all the calculations. There's other apps. There's one called YNAB. It stands for You Need a Budget. And they're right. And you can get that and you can get it on your phone and and your computer and it'll help you plan and track and prepare. It's biblical. It's scriptural. It's spiritual to track your funds. It really is. The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. What is the future? You know, it's not just emergency funds. If you follow Dave Ramsey, he'll tell you this. First thing we do after we figure out where all our money's going, you start saving for an emergency fund, a $1,000 emergency fund. We should save for, for, to have uh, money set aside. But, but it's not just an emergency fund. What's the future? It's everything from this point on. That's the future. So if it's lunch we're talking about, have you saved for it? If, it, if it's your, your utilities, have you saved for them? If it's a car, have you saved for them? If it's a vacation, have you saved for it? It's wise to think about what's coming up and to save for it. The Bible says to do it. These are very practical things, but these are the things that make or break us. These are the things that, that uh, help us to flourish in our relationships or they tear them apart. These are the things that, that help us to accomplish the plan of God or not. You know what doesn't really cause us to flourish in our marriage or our calling? Understanding Greek biblical words. That doesn't. Never do my wife and I just, I mean, we can't, we can't even look at each other because we disagree on the meaning of a Greek word. Never do we sit there and say, well, oh, you're believing Jesus is coming back before the rapture, and I believe there is no rapture. Some people do argue about that. I mean, you guys are that spiritual. I know, like in your family. But even, even those discussions, uh, you know, if somebody believes that, that's not what really causes us to, like, dissolve a marriage. That's not the stuff that causes us to miss the call of God on our life or to really end up in big trouble because, you know, I'm trying to understand, you know, the dispensations or something like that. I love that stuff. I think it's really helpful. But man, when I wake up in the morning and I think about my day, I'm thinking, oh, I got to pay bills today, <laughs> right? Have I planned for that? 
or, or, oh, I've got to do this. You know, these little practical things that the scripture gives us the wisdom and insight for. And so all of it's valuable, but some of the things, it's like daily stuff. Track and manage money. Do you know where every dollar goes? When your money comes in, give, in, in fact, do this before, give every, jo- every dollar a job. Every dollar a job. Imagine this. If, if there was a company that had no idea where their money came from or went to, would you invest in that company? Would you think, you know what, you have no clue? Oh, here, get, let me give you more. Okay, well, think about God entrusting resources to us. Do you want God to entrust resources to you? Then this is something very basic and practical that might help out a little bit. Uh, Proverbs 13.23 says, Much food is in the follow ground of the poor. Much food is in the follow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice, there is waste. What do you have that isn't being used? Follow ground, the uncultivated ground. There are many opportunities you have within your grasp. And so you, you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of that track and manage those resources, your money. Some of you have gifts, talents, and abilities that are untapped, and those can be used to produce, and God's put them on the inside of you to produce. We talked about this last week, that everything that God puts in our hand, when we recognize that it comes from the Lord, we realize there's life in this, and this has the ability to produce more, and God expects it to do so, and sometimes we're just sitting on it. We're sitting on it. So what are you just sitting on that God is sitting there and saying, saying this, this here, this, is, this will provide for you? What are you just not taking advantage of that God's put into your hand? There's much food in the follow ground of the poor. I want you to pray about that and ask God to show it to you. God, is there any area of my life that I'm not cultivating right now? Is it an issue of time? I'm just not giving enough time to this or that. Am I not working this well enough, hard enough, consistent enough? Track and manage these things. Uh, find out what God's already put in, into your hands and put it to use. Number five, let God pay the debts. Some of us would say, all right, God, go right ahead. <laughs> like, I am okay with that. But this is what I mean. Pay your debts. You're praying and believing God for provision to pay debts. So when provision comes in, then you're challenged. Do I, I've been wanting those shoes. I've been wanting that, you know, that new, that new computer. I've been wanting this and wanting that. But you prayed that God would help you pay the debt. And so the, the, the inheritance comes in, the bonus check comes in, the raise comes in, the sell from something, you know, the increase comes in from that, the, the, uh, the tax thing comes in, the, and all of a sudden you have the increase there, and you look at it and you think, but I want something. And so often what people do is instead of taking that to reduce the debt, they either go and buy something or they get further in debt. They pay for part of something. And we reason in our minds and hearts and we say, well, this would only, this would only really knock out a little chunk of that debt anyway. So it's, you know, it's not really going to get me way down the road. Well, a little chunk is a little bit closer. 10% is 10% closer. It may not be everything. But when you're praying and believing God for this to come through, this breakthrough to happen, uh, when it comes through, pay your debts and get debt free. 
and do it step by step, chunk by chunk. Don't go buy new stuff. If you do these things, when the Lord brings it in, use that money, give God things, and pay the debt. Psalm 20, uh, 37, 21 says, The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. We want to be those who uh, that pay our debts and get out of debt as quick as we can, right? And, and I'll tell you what, if you follow the, the bank's plan or the credit card company's plan or your school loan's plan or whoever, you know, they'll set you up on the plan to maximize interest. Whose interest? Not your interest. <laughs> it's in their interest. Just remember the word interest. It's never in your interest to pay it. It's always in your interest to receive it, right? And so you've got to ask, who, whose interest is this? And you end up paying, you know, again, you look at credit cards, you look at your, your home mortgage or whatever it is, and if you track how much will I pay if I pay the minimum payment for the full duration, sometimes it's two or three times what you borrowed. And so every little dollar helps to reduce the interest that you're paying and get you out of debt faster. Number six, and this is the final part that I really want to focus on as we wrap up, uh, allow overflow. You have to allow overflow in your life. Increase does not always equal overflow. Increase does not always equal overflow. And I'll tell you the reason why. It's because when our income goes up, so often our standard of living increases right along with it. And the Lord wants to bring us to a place of overflow. Yes, the Lord lifts up our standard of, of living as well. But we have to make sure that we're, we're, we're aware that God still wants overflow in our life. Look at Luke chapter 12 with me. Starting in verse 13, it says, Then one from the crowd came and said to him, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. This guy felt like he was unfairly treated. He, he, he felt like he was getting ripped off. And so he goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you tell him to give me part of my inheritance. Actually, divide the inheritance. I don't even know if it's part of his. He's just saying, my brother basically got something, and I want some of it. Verse 14, but Jesus said to a man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Which I think is kind of funny. It's like, well, who else do we go to, Jesus? Like, if anyone can help, it's you, Jesus, and you care about being fair, right? But Jesus cares about something more than being fair. And so he kind of turns the, the, the conversation around and says, let's look at this from another angle. And he says this, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Your life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things you possess. So often we think it does, though. If I can just get that, if I can just have that, if I can just do that, then I'll be happy. I worked with a guy when I was, I was selling horse trailers, sold horse trailers. You think, me? Horse trailers? Yeah. I wore cowboy boots and wranglers to work every day. <laughs> stiff wranglers, the kind that when you get out of and they're so starched and so stiff, they'll stand up on their own, that kind of wrangler. And, and I, I don't know a thing about horses, and I didn't know a thing about trailers. And I'm not interested in either one still to this day. But it was a good job for a while, <laughs> and, and I was thankful for it. Um, but my, my coworker, 
we would always be talking and, and and we were doing well financially, and he was doing even a little bit better than me because he was he was a better salesman than me, and uh, and he also didn't have four kids, and so he had all the money to, to spend on on toys, and so he'd always be looking at things. I'd say, yeah, you know what, you should get that boat because then then you'll be happy, and he'd get the boat, and I'd say, are you happy? Oh yeah, I like it. And then he's looking at a motorcycle. Oh man, you should get that motorcycle because then you'll be happy. And then finally he started to get it. Yeah, 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 I know. Things don't make me happy. Things don't make me, that's right. You know, because I just kind of rib him a little bit about, yeah, when you get all those things, you'll be happy. But why is it that you always want more things? Because you're still just not happy, <laughs> right? It's just, it hasn't satisfied. So Jesus talks about this and he says, uh, life isn't all about that. There, there's a season of life where you do need to expand. You need a bigger house. You need more bedrooms. You need a car that seats more for your kids. You, you, know, you, you need that stuff, and, and it's perfectly acceptable and okay and, and, and great to, to allow God to do that in your life. Invite him to do it and go after that and do it God's way, but don't eliminate the overflow. Look what happens when Jesus continues to talk. He said, he spoke a parable to them. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Plentifully. The ground is yielding plentifully. And, and, and that's a good thing, and that's a God thing. And he said, thought within himself, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? That's a good problem to have, isn't it? In fact, that's a biblical problem. Because in Malachi 3, it says, if you honor the Lord with your tithe and, and your offering, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that you won't be able to contain it. That's what's happened to this guy right here. But look what's going on in his heart. He thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and and I'll build greater. And there I'll store all my crops and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take it easy. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, or if it was Mr. T, he would have said, fool. He said, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Why don't we allow for overflow in our lives? Why is it that we always need bigger? We always need better. We always need newer. We always need more. What is it in our hearts that, that cause us, when we see overflow, to think, oh, this is my chance? God wants overflow in our life. Overflow is not the same as increase. Increase can lead to overflow, but it doesn't guarantee it. You have to allow for overflow in your life there. It yielded plentifully. It yielded so much he couldn't store his crops. And he said, I'm going to build greater so I can store my crops, not allow overflow. You know, in Psalm 23, David said, my cup runneth over. But so often we're like, my, oh no, my cup runs over. I need a bowl. Oh no, my bowl runs over. I need a barrel. Oh no, my barrel is running over. I need more to contain all the blessing. And God said, I don't want you to contain the blessing. I want it to overflow beyond your ability to contain it. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 22, God tells the, the children of Israel, he said, when, when you're out there harvesting your crops, 
I don't want you to go and, and harvest every bit of it and, and make sure you get every apple off the tree. But he says this, he said, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, you, nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord, your God. He's saying there's people in your community, they don't have enough. They're not in the same position that you are. There's neighbors that you have, and they might be too embarrassed or too ashamed or unable to get out there and ask or to help. And so you leave the corners, the easy-to-reach stuff around the edges, so that maybe at night they can come out there and then they can glean from it. What is God establishing here? He's saying, allow for overflow in your life. You don't have to take everything that's yours and make sure it only belongs to you. He's wanting to establish something in the heart of his people. Be mindful of your your blessing and your opportunity to be a blessing. Be mindful of your community. Be mindful of the kingdom. Be mindful of your brothers and sisters who don't have. Make sure that you allow for there to be something in your life overflowing. So if that means that that you need to not build bigger barns and just say, "Ah, I can't store all this. Here, let me help you. Do that. Do that. Because God says, oh, I can trust you. And next thing you know, someone says, hey, I've got a bigger barn. Would you like it? And they give you the barn. And then God says, oh, I can fill that one up and cause that one to overflow too. Because I can trust you. I can trust you with it. God wants us to overflow and to increase. God wants us to do that. But we have to allow it. To happen in our life. That's a challenge for some of us because there are things that God is bringing your way and you're going to be faced with the opportunity. Oh, do I take that and uh, go after more of over here for me? Or Lord, is this an opportunity to allow overflow into some other, some, someone's life, into the kingdom some way? The Lord wants to put things into your hands. He wants to put, move things through your hands. This is the thing the Lord wants. And, 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 and I am not saying by any means, don't prepare for the future because that's okay too. And store up and save for you know, retirement, whatever that looks like for you. Save for that next season of life. Save for the vacation. Save for those things. But don't do it at the expense of allowing for there to still be overflow. God wants us to, to have debt-free uh, homes. God wants us, you know, we're, our property's debt-free. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about our, our building expansion and present to you plans, floor plans, and drawings. And, and we're going to believe God to have that uh, pay, paid off before we build it. We're going to build it debt-free. How's that going to happen? God's people who have overflow in their life. I'm not asking you, hey, let's all sell our homes and let's just move on to the property here so we can build this thing and take all the, all the increase there. I don't, I don't want you all living on this property. I mean, we don't want tent city out here. I'm not asking. I, what I want, I'm believing for, for overflow in your life. How many of you guys say, I, I'll, I'll believe for overflow in my life? How many of you will write the check when overflow comes? Amen? Absolutely. And if you'll do it in the little, you'll do it in much, and God will trust you with that. 